Who the bloody hell's that? Morning, Ange. Oh, Anthony, how are we? I'm really well, how are you? <laughs> Come on in. I will do, thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little, no, it's fine. No, fine, yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. I'm in record now, and I'll and oh. I'll, I'll record the Zoom as well. But we right. can go over all of that again. I, I, I get the impression the coffee <laughs> thing you you could go over a number of times. Yeah. What the problems with my coffee machine? The problem with morning. your coffee machine. Yeah. Uh, would it? Would it? Would it? It's one of those. Um, you know, it's proper. It's one oh, of yeah. those where you've got a thing with a handle on, and you put coffee in it and squidge it on, press a button, and it comes through. But it would it? No. Would it? Buggering. Mm, no, and and not only that, but when you go, oh dear, and try and remove the filter again by twisting the little thing to the side, it goes and spits an awful lot of brown stuff everywhere, up the wall and everything and all over you. And um, I think that's like a pressure build-up because it hasn't been able to deliver coffee. So it, it just assumes a pressure equal to the atmosphere of Jupiter on the inside. And then when as you twist the thing sideways, it goes, Pah! Um And so you've got to be standing by with lots of kitchen roll. So anyway, it took me about 12 goes this morning before I managed to get it working, which also included industrial descaler, which I can't seem to rinse out, and now I can taste it, which is perfectly unpleasant, and there's a suspicion that I might have to go to A&E later. <laughs> this build-up of pressure is not just in the coffee machine, is it? No. No. no it, was, it was building up generally. And I'm right. the I'm the only one out of bed because Lynette has not managed to throw a leg out yet. Right. And neither is Vibes, which is perfectly normal. Um, not so normal for Lynetta, but we did have a a handful of chums round last night. For I was going to say, were you making of, merry? We had quite a lot of gin. Did you? Well, I did. Hmm. Um, and you didn't really care about anybody else. <laughs> I most definitely, I don't know what the fuck they were up to, but I had a lot of gin. Um. So what's with, I mean, I mean, we'll start in a minute, obviously, but yeah, what's with the, the angle language. boy's lamp? Oh. Well, it just arrived. I thought I thought, I thought I'd wandered into a Pixar movie. For, no, it is, it is very Pixar-ish, isn't it? It is, it one? looks identical to the one in the Pixar movie. But it's a proper one. Oh yeah, I've had it for years, but you know, all my, my light fittings move about. Right, I'm a, I'm a, I have a weakness for a light fitting. You do, don't you? Which is what led to the rug, really. The, mm. the, I wouldn't have this rug had I not got a weakness for light fittings. Had you not needed that bulb? <sighs> no, no. And the light, the lamp that I bought that I needed the bulb for that led to buying the rug. Um, that no longer exists because my ex-wife dropped it. I think she dropped it on purpose while she was a bit cross with me. Right. Because she, um, she knew what I'd been through for that lamp. <laughs> you, while we're on this, and I never thought to ask this question, what is the most unique thing that's been thrown at you in a rage? Probably a knife. Oh, dear, that is, oh, that's yeah. proper. Yeah, a carving knife. Yeah. Right. It wasn't thrown at me. It was just off, offered up in my general direction <laughs> with malice. Offered up with malice. <laughs> that was, I think, that and the uh, the the mad bass player with the uh, broken glass. Yeah, yeah, that a, one's a yeah. That's a given. That one. I was thinking the, more in that kind of, as we all have those moments of you know of of domestic harmony. Mm. No, it was. I think it was the. Uh, I think she did come at me with a carving knife, but I pushed her to it. You did. I did. I. Um, it was my fault. 
I thought, this is my fault as the knife came to me. <laughs> <Good> speed. <laughs> I, owe, I owe an apology for this. <laughs> well, let's wait and see how deep it goes in before I decide whether I'm going to apologise or not. <laughs> yeah. we start, Fly then? I may. Yes. Let's start, then, shall we? What, are we on 139? I think we're on 140. See, I don't think we are. Oh, fuck. I don't, I, I don't think we are. Let's check. Let's check. Let's check our own... Captain oh, we are on one three nine. Do you know what's happened? I've called the last Q and A one three nine like a pillock. Right. So this is one three nine. This is one. I'll renumber it all later. Right. Okay. All right. 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 Deep breath then. <gasps> Hello and welcome to chapter one three nine of the Corona Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that bonkers, strange, weird. Weird world in between Christmas and New Year. Is it weird in your house? Because it's always weird in this house. Well, it's like it's like that space between a camel's humps, isn't it? <laughs> I, I never expected that. I had no idea what was coming, but I wasn't expecting that. Go explain. <laughs> well, you know, for the first humps, Christmas. And the second hump is a new year. Then right. it, we're in that space between right. them, aren't we? Uh, we're lodged firmly in that space. And um, that slightly yeah. giddy moment as you work your way between the two humps. Yeah, while you while you're trying to work out whether you're disappointed or not. Um, right. You know, in the fact that 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 Christmas has passed. You know, it's, it's a slight downer, isn't it? When you kind of go, oh, it's over. But then on the other hand, you're going, oh, mind you, New Year's coming up. So you're just in that strange, you know, strange place, I suppose. But, you know, a new year always has the potential for for promise and a new start or things improving. Um, I think as far as our political landscape is concerned, it probably couldn't get much worse. No, we want a boring year. Let's have a boring political year where <laughs> shit gets done. Where shit gets done, and, and especially for people who, who are at the rough end of the stick. I agree. At the end of the carving knife. Yeah. Mm. At the shiny end. At the not, shiny end. Not... I, I, what I find strange about <laughs> shiny this Shiny, sharp end. <laughs> what I find strange about this week is the fact, you know it's the week between Christmas and New Year, because I keep finding Quality Street wrappers in places I don't expect. Yeah. yeah. Every pocket I've got has got a Quality Street wrapper in it. Oh. No, I haven't. I haven't got any of those. Tell him, what have I got? Somebody gave me a piece of chocolate shaped like an old tap. And I've got... (laughs) I've got that. (laughs) (laughs) It was vibes. He keeps saying... Have you had a chew on that tap yet? And I keep going, oh, no, I'm just not in the mood yet, Vibes, but I will have a go on it. Uh, and it's very nice. That's genius. Mm, so. well, we, you remember when we were kids and you used to get the chocolate sets that were all smoking stuff? Used to be cigars and pipes. Oh, and... yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Wrong on so many levels, that. Yeah. God, I'd forgotten all about that. You'd get a pipe and a cigar, wouldn't you? Yeah, That's made right. out of chocolate. Yeah, that wasn't that nice, really. It wasn't, it wasn't good chocolate, was it? It wasn't Cadbury's, was it? No, it wasn't Cadbury's. It was just a bit, you know. Yeah, mm, yeah cheap Del. chocolate. If Del, if Del Trotter made chocolate, it would have been that, wouldn't it? Oh, it would. It was like it's like the 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 Easter the Easter eggs that are like Spider Man or what, and you think to yourself, "All oh, cheap chocolate." That mm. it's got to be a button's yeah. Easter egg or nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I, I haven't had any of those. You know, traditional Christmas treats, really. I haven't had a satsuma. I mean, we've got some, but I haven't had any. But I think that's because I had them on the, um, I had them on the rider for the H Natural guest list, and I put sats, uh, not guest list, the rider, you know, backstage. Yeah. Um, backstage. Backstage. Got, backstage. With, bag, with everything going on. I'd got a bag of satsumas, <laughs> uh, which Phil Brown said, why have we got so many fucking satsumas? <laughs> Because uh, the promoter, uh, you know, having seen my demands for um, 
sat Zoom and thought the least they could do was provide about 300. Yeah. Uh, and so you could barely get into the dressing room every day for Satsumas. And I worked my way through quite a lot in Germany, and I think that's put me off having any over Christmas. So I haven't had a Satsuma. I haven't had a walnut. Um, I've had no quality street. Oh. Um, so it's been, you know, it's, it's, as far as northern Christmases are concerned. It's, it's been, been poor. Barren. Barren? Where would you stand on a walnut whip? <laughs> Very carefully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm all right with a walnut whip. Oh, yeah. I like a walnut whip. I've, I, do they still sell them? I oh, haven't yeah. seen yeah. one for ever. Yeah, you can still get a walnut whip. You can still get fries, chocolate cream as well. Blimey. You just sort of live in the 70s, don't you? I do, yeah, I do. And the a, thing is, I don't bubble, know why. In a bubble of more common wise and walnut whips. Yeah, and, yeah. And, it, and the thing is, I don't... If you ask me for a decade for music, I'd say the 80s. I think the 80s is the decade for music. Yeah, bon I would on. agree with that. Bon on. If you look at where we started the 80s to where we finished and what it covered, just yeah. off the charts. There was no Beatles. But, but yeah, there, there was Talk Talk and there was Prefab Sprout and there was the Blue Nile. So that was a great... And there was Simple Minds and uh, And there was U2 and there was Madonna and there was Springsteen and there was Prince and you just keep going, don't you? You just keep going. It was a good decade. I've it had was... this argument with Richard Barbieri because he believes it was the 70s and I believe it's the 80s and we, we have had that debate. Right. I think, he, I think there's a lot of retread in the 70s, you know. Yeah, but he's he's saying, but what about Bowie? And then you go, oh, yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah. What about the Beatles? Well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so the Fabs just about made it into the seventies, didn't they? Was it seven? Was it? Don't or had think they we split did. up 69. by then? Sixty nine, oh, right. I think. So, so I don't think the Fabs are. I think you get the best, the best of the Stones in the seventies, or mm. certainly in that cusp of the late sixties, seventies, Exile on Main Street and. All that kind of stuff, I think. But but now I think the Beatles had gone. But I mean, to me, it's it's where you start the eighties to where you finish. I just mm. think it's just an incredible journey of music. When you look at what we cover in that decade, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yes. So the, the, well, that's just nailed on then. Mm. That's just nailed on. Um, we've obviously got no plan what we're going to talk about today. It's quite a surprise that we're even doing this. It's the first time we've done this. You know, we've we've had it, the Christmas off both of the years. Have we? Yeah. Oh, well, now I feel... What do I feel now? Stupid. I could, right, okay. I could have had my feet up. You could have had your feet Well, you could still be having to go at your coffee machine. Well, my feet are up, to be fair. I mean, it's not really work, is it? It's just no. a chat. No. So... Um, you will let so, me know as well, with the amount of discaler that you've ingested, you will let me know if you start to feel like you... Need to go to hospital. Yeah. Or will you just keel? I think I'll probably go a bit spongy first. There's right. there's usually that spongy feeling, right? That, uh, that it's heralds. going to be down to me, isn't it? Because nobody else in your house is awake. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to phone somebody. Do you know what your <laughs> what three words are? My what three words? Yeah. What's that? So what three words is a thing that the emergency services use and it, it you three words and it gives an exact location. Oh, and it's right. this thing that, like the, the emergency and the ambulance crews and what have you use what three words. So you don't know what your what three words are that get you to where you are. No, I'd probably say I can't possibly tell you. I don't want you hanging about here. Right. Well I, mean, yeah. I think the ship sailed on that because anybody that listens to this knows where you live. Oh, okay. Right. Um <laughs> I think Satsuma now. I think Satsuma's going to be in there. Everyone except the emergency service. I think it's going to be pornographer, no, Satsuma and something else. <laughs> roots, probably. I did my roots yesterday, actually. <laughs> did you? Yeah. You did the roots in the diary as well. I read the diary this morning. Oh, I've been at it for forever. For years. I think and you should roots. let it go. New Year's resolution, just let it go. Five says no. Yeah. He's told me he's moving out if I stop dying me hair. So it's, tr- it's a tricky one. Mm. But, I mean, there's no good time to let it go. The pandemic was the time. And that was the time. Me. Yeah, and I was yeah. going to do it, it uh, uh, along with my teeth. I was going to let my teeth go as well during the pandemic. How did you let your teeth go? Well, one fell out. Well, yes, I know that. It was well, I got the- quite used to the gap. 
was on the sideboard. <laughs> Actually, something else has just come to me. But before we'll come back to your tooth in a second on the sideboard. Oh, I met the dentist at the shop yesterday. I met the bloke who used to do my teeth, not the one who does them now. Uh, Dave, Dave Newport, I met. Dave the dentist. Dave the dentist. Oh, brilliant. And uh, I won't make the joke about him looking a bit down in the mouth. But <laughs> he um he was actually quite chipper. And uh, we got we stopped we we had a long chat in Waitrose and uh, his wife Linda she was with him and she said, "Is your village still full of spies?" And I said, "Oh Christ, just teeming." You know, what with the Russian and the CIA and... Mossad. I'm sure there's a bit of Mossad floating yeah. about, even as we speak. Yeah. And um, and uh, he said to me, oh, I used to... I had people from the CIA I used to come... I used to do their teeth. He said, and one bloke, one bloke carried a gun. I said, what, to the dentist? He said, yeah. Ooh. I said, blimey. He was, you know, he wasn't being too careful, was he? Oh dear! He was being very careful. An automatic weapon in the dentist's. I kid you not. That's Ooh. from the, that's from the horse's mouth. Right. And there's a gag there as well. Is it? Yes. <laughs> I don't know where it is. That's from the the horse dentist's mouth. <laughs> so anyway, moving slightly on from your tooth, which is on the sideboard. Never look a gift dentist in the mouth. Never look uh, a gift. I got a message on Facebook the other day. Yeah. Uh, I don't really understand Facebook. So if somebody sends you a message who you're not friends with, it goes into a special little area, which unless you go and say, oh, I'll read this message, you never find it. So it's from ages ago. It's from pre-Oxford. But it's from somebody who was asking, and I'll try and find the message while while we're chatting, about do you still collect Monopoly? I don't think you do, do you? Not really, but I still occasionally get given them. Um, and I just ran out of we. Our house isn't huge, and I just ran out of space to put them. Um, and where, where did they end up? I think they might be at the racket club now in a box. Right. Um, but they were taking up an awful lot of space, and of course, I never took them out to play with them. It, they were just sort of, I don't know, strangely sacred. Objects, which many of which remained unopened in the cellophane and everything, and I kept thinking maybe I should just put this lot on eBay. There must be someone as crazy as me that's collecting. That's collecting out there. Because you don't play with a collection as a rule, do you? Well, no, I suppose not. I mean, I suppose if you're someone who collects antique chess sets or something, you would occasionally have a game of chess with one of them, but maybe not the one that you know was worth as much as your house. You'd probably because leave was... that one alone. I'm trying to find where this was, and I can't... Oh, there are message requests. Oh, yeah, I found it. Look, I found it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Da-da-da-da-da. Uh, this, this person, Taron, um, worked for Blackbury, or does work for Blackbury, oh, and yeah. has got a special edition Monopoly where the counters are Blackbury phones. What? Wow. Mm. So there's a monopoly with BlackBerry phones as counters for you if you want it. Wow, completely bonkers. Um, well, I mean, part of me says yes, please, and the other part of me says, well, why? Where deprive, am I going to put it? Why deprive this person of a, of, a, of quite of something quite extraordinary that you don't really, you know, want per se? Um, so, no, you keep it, Taryn, because it sounds like a, a wonderful thing. Mm. And, and there's no point sending it to me because I'll only stick it in a cupboard. And then Lynetta will take it out and, you know, replace it with shoes and, and put it in the garage. So uh, don't, don't send it me, but it's the thought that counts. And the thought is with me, Taryn. Thank you very much. Anyway, moving on from that, your tooth's still on the on the sideboard. We'll get back to your tooth in a minute. Um, that's a new T-shirt, isn't it? Well, it's a T-shirt I don't... I haven't worn my... I mean, you've probably got very used to me wearing the same shit for months on end because I tend to flop about in the same shit when I'm at home. I only dress up for shows and things. Um, 
But this is a shirt that was given to me by uh, a bunch of people in Mexico um, who call themselves the Eclectic Art Set. And it's an extremely flattering T-shirt because it's like, um, what would you call this? Um, oh, well, it's, a a bit, it's a bit like it. a word search, isn't it? But It's just the... a lot. A lot of letters yeah. arranged into a square, isn't it? Yeah. A grid. That's what I, that was the word I was struggling to find. It's a grid of of letters, a square grid of letters, and I can't read it from here. But um, I think across the top it says something like Beethoven, and then it's got Andy Warhol in it, yeah. and um, it's got all different artists. Yeah, Shakespeare. Oh, Shakespeare, but Marillion is in. Is Marillion in is in there. Yeah. So it's extremely flattering to yes. be to yes, be we've... sprinkled in the same company or thought of as uh, as fitting into the same company by anyone. Uh, but this eclectic art bunch, they gave me an award, which I've got actually on the windowsill. Uh, they decided I was worth it, and. We're on the T-shirt. and it's, So it's quite a cool T-shirt because it's got all kinds of people. Oh, yeah, Miles it. Davis, Godin. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, there's some you chaplains know. on there. Um, I'm trying to read it. Van Gogh's on there. Van Gogh, Van Gogh. Uh, Borgen, yeah. Warhol, Pink Floyd, Michelangelo, uh, Picasso. So yeah. there you go. That's, that, is a, that is a beautiful thing. You ought to wear that more often. Well, I will then. Yes, you should wear it more often. Yeah, it is. It is a very flattering, uh, flattering company to be in. Right, right. So, how do you think letting your teeth go would have gone then? Well, I'd have to have my food liquidised, wouldn't I? <laughs> a lot of soup. Oh, you'd have been back on the rusks. Oh, see, I did like a rusk, but oh, I don't yeah. think I'd like to live on them. No. You know, you want a bit of something you can chew, don't you, ideally? Well, not if you haven't got um, any teeth. Well, it, I should imagine you look a lot older without teeth because then you, your mouth does that thing, doesn't it, that old people's mouths do where it all sort of folds inwards. <laughs> your lips go and, you know, you don't have any lips. You just have lots of little wrinkles. Then you right. look about 90. Right. Um, so, no, there was only the one teeth tooth one that teeth. I let go and I, could, I couldn't get a dentist to, to... The dentist wasn't allowed to look at it because of the lockdown. He wasn't allowed in his own surgery, he told me. He said, I'm not allowed through the door of my own practice at the moment by law. Meanwhile, the people who'd made those laws were all having a party in fucking Downing Street there, but while I looked like a pirate for 18 months. A pirate with a swollen finger because I'd been bitten by a spider on either the same day or within a day or two. I had a very eventful pandemic. Well, it was that about the first, about the first week we were recording. You, you can't blame COVID or number 10, to be fair, for the spider, though, can you? And you can blame number 10 for a lot of things, but you can't blame it for the spider. You can't even blame the spider, to be honest. It was, no. she, you know, she was probably just there minding her own business. When somebody came rifling through her home, so she did. She did the only thing you can do, which is extreme violence. Mm. It seems to be a lot of people's reaction to you. Yeah, it's true. Mm. Over the years, I've been um, I've been reacted to violently fairly consistently, haven't you? I think it's just how nature balances itself because i'm i've got i mean on on real tsunamis of love as well yes so in order to to balance that out i occasionally encounter extreme violence you're yin and yang isn't it <laughs> yeah see i i occasionally might get offered a milky way but then i might stub my toe and that's about where my levels of yin and yang are yeah, well, mine are much more. You know, I've got this, you know, wonderful. What what what's the word? Um, I've got this exotic king queen sized waterbed of love that I rest on, 
uh, with the occasional jab in the face yeah. to balance it out. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> yeah, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? But... No, it's perfectly, you know, you've got to take the rough with the smooth. I don't know yeah. if people have worked out, but I'm just trying to keep you talking just to check that you're not actually, <laughs> you're not actually going to keel over from descaler poisoning. No, I feel, that, a, feel a responsibility. It's that HG stuff. Have you come across that HG? It's like it's industrial. It's in sort of bottles, and the the uh, descaler one is blue, and uh, you know it would melt rocks. Mm. It's very. Um, it's very good on on you know on a scaly on a scaly uh, on a scale of descaling on a <laughs> what is the descaling scale called? <laughs> the scale of descaling. Well, yeah. The trouble is, you try and write it down, it keeps vanishing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think people's violent reaction to you is something to do with it? And I'm going to quote a bit of the diary just to prove I read it. Because in Rome, when you were waiting for your luggage and the carousel wasn't working, you pressed the alarm and then went and sat on the other side of the room. Do you think those little moments you have where you do something like that in a fit of pique, do you think that might be some of the reasons why you get a bit of violence thrown the other way? Possibly. Yeah, I am a I'm passionate not, I'm not soul. saying that I don't, you know wouldn't do the same thing well i tend to do the things other people would do eventually yes immediately yes you're very impetuous aren't you <laughs> i'm not the most patient of souls i'm not the most patient of souls <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. that might be it should we go to that diary should we go to that diary reading? Should we do it? Because actually, the nice thing about it's almost beautifully circular because the Rome diary reading, which I think is about three pages, actually f- it finishes off that year. Oh, does it? All oh, right. Yes, let's go there. It's always lovely to go to Rome, isn't it? I think, well, yes. The, the, I got the, a phone call from Phil Palmer last night, the guitarist. The guitarist, did you? He, he lives in Rome. Right. And he phoned me up out of the blue and says he's putting a band together and do I want to sing on it? And I went, yeah, of course I do. Bloody hell, um, yeah. So, uh, Now, Phil yeah. Palmer was in that band in the 80s and early 90s, wasn't he? That When, when all we had things like Nelson Mandela and all those kind of things, Phil Palmer event kind of was in that band, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's one of those sort of Louis Jardim types who's worked with people you would not believe. Yeah. Um, you know, you name them. He's probably worked with them. I think he's worked with Iggy Pop. He's worked with Dire Straits, Eric Clapton, Tina Turner, all the kind of heavyweights he's, he, he's worked he with the, over the did years. Did he play Genesis? Was he the second guitarist in Genesis? Well, no, that was, what's his face? Um, Daryl Sturmer, I think he played guitar right. with, with Genesis. Right. Um and David Rhodes with Peter G. Yes. Um, but uh, Phil uh, Phil played... I, re- I met Phil many, many years ago in the Rondor building because he tended to play with a lot of the A&M artists. He played with Dire Straits. He played with Paul Brady um, and Joe Egan as well. So he played with... Um, you'd always see him on top of the pops with various... Because mm. they'd just get sort of scratch bands together to do Top of the Pops with the big solo artists. and He'd invariably be there grinning away. And, of course, he's done a ton of work with Trevor Horn. So I ran back into Phil after a long break, a bit a bit like how I did with Lewis, um, when I was working with Trevor. Um, suddenly there's all of these, these cats that I hadn't seen for years um, and a chance to catch up. And he, he, he rang me yesterday because he was... Thinking of putting this band, I think they called. He had a band called Spin Two, right? Which was, I think, he got Paul Carrack singing, and he said something about Paul Carrack retiring. Um, you know, he didn't want to do much more. So maybe I'll start getting Paul Carrack's gigs, <laughs> which oh, is <laughs> great, <laughs> extremely flattering because Carrack's a heavy duty singer. Um, 
So, yeah, I'll be, be very happy to jump on that horse if it's passing. Oh, riderless, yeah, I think she, yeah, absolutely. A riderless horse. So I've just looked at his Wikipedia page. His uncles are Ray and Dave Davis. That is true. Yes, he is actually, uh, he's, he's related to, to the Davis brothers, the Kinks. Isn't that incredible? Oh. And, and if we... Uh, He's a phenomenal guitar player. Oh, he is. And if you go to appearances on records, Iggy Pop, Take That, Murray Head, Robbie Williams, Joan Armour Trading, Seal, Steve Hardy, Sheena Easton, Dire Straits, Ronan Keating, Brian Adams, Cliff, Howard Jones, Duncan James, Sam Brown, Skin, John Ilsley, George Michael, Delta Goodrum, David Essex, Eric Clapton. This only takes us to 89. <laughs> yeah, he's been around the block. I mean, I mean that, is a, that is a list. Yeah. That is a hell of a list if you carry on going. Absolutely yeah, yeah. unbelievable list. He's a really nice bloke. Yes, uh, and he's, he's got a very recognisable hair, hasn't he? So you, you, that kind of because we did go through a phase, didn't we, in the late eighties, early nineties, of doing lots of these kind of these Nelson Mandela or there's Freddie Mercury or whatever they were, um, these gigs, and there'd be this core band that'd have, and he'd be in it, and Nathan East'd probably be there, and you know, it was it was a lot of it was Clapton's or Colin, Phil Collins' band, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, and Phil was always there. Yeah, always. There. Yeah, yeah. So he phoned me up yesterday, which just sort of dropped into my head because we were talking about Rome, and now he lives in Rome. But I don't, I think he was phoning me up from Trevor's, and because uh, he said um, there's a painting of him. Playing the guitar that Lol did. That Lol, I was going to say Lol Cream did. It, 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 in Trevor's house, and it's wonderful. Uh, and I was just saying, oh, I saw that painting of you. And he went, oh, that is a great painting. I'm looking at it right now, he said. So he must have been at Trevor's. Um, so that that was nice. I don't I don't know if anything will come of that, but it's, it's lovely that he thought to phone me up and ask me if I was about. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. So, shall, shall we go to Rome? Let's go to Rome. After that brief meander. Yes. What, well, the, the whole thing, you mean? Or just that little brief one, or the whole <laughs> 30, 30 minutes, which which are you going with? Well, it's we have been around around the world in 80, in 80 seconds, yeah. haven't we? Rome it is. Rome it is. Shut up, H, and just break them. Rome if you want to. Diary. Here it comes. Rome at will. (laughs) Sunday, 15th of November. Rome. Landed in Rome. The weather was a little cloudier than the perfect blue we'd left behind in Barcelona. We knew we were in Italy when the baggage carousel broke down. No one seemed to care and nothing was done to fix it. Even after I pressed the emergency stop button, which began a loud and piercing alarm. I moved over to the other side of the baggage hall to sit down and get away from the noise. Fifteen minutes later, the alarm stopped and the carousel started up again, so we picked up our bags and made our way outside, where the promoter's rep was waiting with a couple of vans. He couldn't seem to get the side door to close, so we drove to Rome with it rattling. Nothing quite works perfectly in Italy, but the whole country seems to bear that in mind, and work with it without getting unduly flustered. Everything seems to happen more or less as it needs to happen, eventually. We arrived at the hotel, a Melia Park thing on the outskirts of Rome, and checking in took a long time, but eventually it happened. My room's nothing special, but it's fine if a little warm. I opened the window to feel a light, cool breeze. I later discovered that there's a switch at the side of the bed to turn on the air conditioning, but that it only blows warm air because, quote, yesterday we switched off the air conditioning for the winter, unquote. Quote, can it be turned back on, unquote. Quote, no, unquote. What should we do then? Open the window. Er, uh, okay. Do you have a code for the internet, please? 
Yes, 10 euros for 45 minutes or 25 for 24 hours. I decided against an internet connection for the time being. It's Sunday so there won't be anything urgent to attend to. I returned to my room and watched BBC News 24. There was a report containing the usual dire warnings about our planet. First, the glacier in the Andes which feeds the river, which in turn provides Peru's capital, Lima, with its drinking water. This glacier is over 12,000 years old and has reduced in size by 30% in the last 10 years. Scientists working up in the mountains and taking ice cores from the glacier predict that it will have ceased to exist at some point in the next 20 years. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world in Australia, the people of Adelaide are facing water rationing as their own river begins to dry up. Without a 50% reduction in the world's carbon emissions in the next 10 years, it's predicted that all the glaciers on Earth will have thawed. The next news item was to say that the Copenhagen Summit on Climate Change is likely to end in a few days with no agreement from the world's leaders to legislate for a drastic cut in carbon emissions. It looks like the world will prevaricate and squabble until it is too late to stop a rise in sea levels and the loss of freshwater supplies across the globe which will have unthinkable economic consequences. We, like every generation before us, will have much to apologise for to our children. Sigh. There's a courtesy bus that runs into Rome Centre at various erratic times which are printed on a sheet in your room. So I went down to get the 6.45. Rich, Phil and Ian were waiting also, so I joined them on the ride into town. A 50-seater coach had been provided to take the four of us into town centre. The bus driver had an annoying friend who seemed to be high on something and they animatedly chatted to each other for the entire journey. The driver looking mostly sideways at his hyperactive chum and only taking fleeting glimpses through the windscreen in between hand gestures and intense conversation. At one point we narrowly avoided hitting a high curb in the central reservation of the road. The most scared I've ever been in a vehicle was a taxi ride here in Rome some years ago when I made the mistake of climbing into a cab and saying Cavalieri Hilton please, as fast as you can. I remember barrelling down alleyways at 70 miles an hour whilst nuns and children scattered into doorways to avoid immediate death while I did the Steve Martin thing where it took some time to pull my fingernails back out of my own thighs upon our arrival. Anyway, this journey was a close second. A similar carefree driving style, weaving in and out of lanes, ignoring pedestrian crossings and bearing scant regard for traffic signals. I thought I was back in that cab until I remembered that this was a 50-seater coach capable of demolishing a building. To our immense relief and gratitude to the fates, the four of us were dropped off in Rome centre and I called my Roman mate, and photographic genius, Luigi, to see if he could find us. He said he was close and we would see him in a few minutes. For one disconcerting moment we passed one of those mime people, all painted silver, and it waved at me and I wondered if it was Luigi providing a bizarre welcome to his city. It wasn't. He soon caught up with us. His hair's long now, but his unmistakable good-humoured and perceptive spirit is no less diminished. We walked down to St Peter's Square, which I think is more beautiful by night than by day. Luigi used to work there doing security to pay his way through his photographic degree, and he told us that only 5% of St Peter and the Vatican is open to the public. Blimey. We walked back up the street and found a little cafe. It was still warm enough to eat out, so the four of us had a light dinner and a beer at a table out in the street. I called Lynetta and said a quick hello so she could say hi to Luigi. He's one of those special people, and so is she, so it made sense to pass the phone to him. She told me that Little Vibes seems unsettled by everything that's going on, the travel, the strange bed, the kids being hauled around. She thinks it's not good for him. I personally don't think it does anyone any harm to get used to changes 
but then I'm not there to see how he's responding. She says she thinks it's good that they're returning home tomorrow. We finished the meal with a lemoncello, while you must, and asked for the bill. I guess that's the last time I'll be eating al fresco this year. It's late November now. We were running out of time to get the last bus back to the hotel, so we walked back and climbed onto the bus. We opted for the back seat for the return journey. We thought it might be safer. Back at the hotel, my room had cooled down and was feeling a little chilly, so I closed the window and went to bed. Lynetta called to wish me good night. She sounds tired. I woke in the middle of the night, hot and gasping for breath, and got up and opened the window again. Monday, 16th of November, Rome. Managed to sleep till 8.30 and then snooze till 9.30, listening to the sound of Italians and to diesel engines. I got up to see half a dozen workmen erecting a huge Christmas tree in a pot so big that they were barely visible standing up in it. Went down to the breakfast room and had a couple of coffees and a bowl of muesli whilst talking to Pete. Went back up to my room and decided to go to Rome to get my roots done, so I went down to catch the 11.45 courtesy bus. Amazingly, it came on time. After three attempts by the driver to get the door open, I climbed aboard the 50-seater coach and it pulled away for the journey to Rome. I was the only passenger. In these environmentally conscious times, I couldn't help but ponder upon the carbon footprint of a diesel-driven coach of this size edging its way along the gridlocked streets of Rome just to deposit one singer in a downtown salon. Oh well. I walked around the block, trying to find a hairdresser amongst the restaurants, cafes and shops. I finally found one in a back street, the Vatican walls towering above us, and went inside. Beside the counter sat a formidable sixty-something old dear, obviously the boss, bespectacled and dressed in the Mediterranean widow's outfit of black, black and more black. Next to her, a forty-something woman admitted to speaking English, so I asked if they could possibly do my roots black. She rattled to the black widow in Italian, and the response was a shake of the head and another burst of impenetrable Italian. I'm sorry, we don't do men, she said. I guess we're just too close to the heart of the Holy Roman Catholic Church for women to be allowed to touch the scalps of men. Strange indeed. Or perhaps she'd had Silvio Berlusconi in for a tint and vowed never to let another man anywhere near the shop girls. I asked if they knew of any other places that might be prepared to touch my head and after more exchanges, the woman translated that they would in fact colour my roots. Quote, just this once. Crackers. I was ushered into the salon, and over the course of 90 minutes, a very talented woman painted my roots probably as well as they have ever been painted. I was charged a hefty 75 euros for the pleasure, and I emerged into the sunshine. Bought an ice cream, black cherry, very nice, and sat in a square for a while, watching the people go by and trying to keep the thing under control as it melted in the 23 degree heat. Frenchy texted me to say that there was no screaming hurry to get back as the departure for soundcheck had been postponed until 5pm, so I found a little cafe, drank cappuccino, ordered pizza and wrote this diary. And we're back. <laughs> and that was Rome. Or you've oh, lost yes. an ear. We'll always have Rome. Actually. We'll always have Rome. You're Here on you're on Apple earphones. What where have where have all your cans gone? <sighs> Do you know? Oh, there are well the big ones are up there hanging on the mm. door. I don't know where the little boast ones have gone. Yeah, you're normally here. in them, aren't you? I am normally. Uh, but these were kicking about and I just Thought I'd shove them in. Shove them in. You ought to... Have you still got your sure ones? They work really well. I have still got those. Mm. Very little bleed on the sure ones. Oh, I will dig them out. Dig them out. We don't don't want... Anyway, that was Rome. And it seemed like you had a nice time. Took your life in your hands in that that bus. 
with just the four of you. <laughs> Italian drivers when something else. Yeah, mm. yeah, he was yakking to his mate all the way into town. Wasn't didn't look at the road hardly at all. Well, we all sort of sat there, ashen faced, wondering if there was any point in having a word with him or whether that would just make him worse. And there was there was also so, something that recurred on the uh, on the recent Marillion tour as well uh, was the um, the hotels you check into they've just switched off their air conditioning for the winter, usually just as a heat wave breaks over the town. And you lie there all night, you know, just sweating cobs in a sort of 28-degree room. And the only way to cool it down is to open a window, which lets the mosquitoes in that bite <laughs> you to buggery. That happened to us in Grenoble. We were all bitten to hell by mozzies, apart from Pete Travis, who said his room wasn't wasn't warm and he didn't need to open the window. But Pete's I think that's probably it. got that kind of blood that's not attractive to him. He, he's just Nash. That's what it is. Right, he's Nash, and right. he 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 wasn't warm, but everybody else was boiling and had to open their windows. But I don't know if they were mozzies. They were like, um, you know, the things they have in in Scotland, um, not Scotsmen, um, deep fried Mars bars. Where midge, are we going with this? Midges, midges, midges. I think I think they were midges. Right. right. Um, the midges of Grenoble. Exactly. Good name for a band, though. The Vicious Midges. The Vicious Midges. <laughs> We're going to have to... Do you know what? I think we probably shouldn't bang on too long and draw this this absolute guff to an end fairly shortly. <laughs> but, um, though it is quite... I must admit, I won't rather cheered that. me up this morning, actually. <laughs> That's rather cheered me up. And you haven't keeled over, which is great. Um, no, I'm obviously oh. thriving on this descaler. I might yeah, he's doing have you another well, yeah. yeah, Yeah, it's doing you the, the power of good. <laughs> Um, your, your hair is positively gleaming, like a L'Oreal advert. I like your notion of the the, the scale of the scale. <laughs> That's going to live with me all day, that, and I'm going to have that a little might... chuckle every now and again. Yeah, that might have to be the old episode title, that one. <laughs> that might so outside of copious drinking, and we know you have mm. a house full on, on Christmas Eve, and we know you have a relatively quiet Christmas Christmas That's Day. true. Mm. But but have you found a bit of time? Have you watched a bit of telly? Has anything struck you? Have you read a good book? Have you done have you listened to something interesting as uh let me have a think. Um what have I seen on the telly? Nothing much. Um what did we watch? What did, God I'm such a cabbage. It was only yesterday, wasn't it? On the day before. Um well Lynetta was watching a bit of telly. She likes a sort of Christmas rom com. Hmm. But uh, it makes her feel all warm and Christmassy inside, but I don't really, so I tend to, to just wander off. Um, I don't know what I've been doing. I really don't. Because we had a few friends le- around last night, and they they all said, oh, what did you do today? And I racked my brains. And I, I remember getting out of bed, and I couldn't think of anything. Oh, and then I went right. to the shops and had the long chat with the dentist about the CIA and the spies. But but that was kind of it. I couldn't remember anything else. And I had been, you know, it had been quite a long day. So the seven out of the eight hours that I've been awake, I couldn't remember. Um, I did my roots. And that was it. I couldn't remember anything else. Right. Right. Oh, I wrote some birthday cards as well. Because uh, that's, well, that never stops, does it? That never stops. No, I occasionally get a day off when when it's nobody's birthday for two or three days, but it's quite they're few and far between those. I, I, I usually write a couple of cards, and I have to try and project forward, um, you know, ten days to two weeks for the Americans because it might take that long. Um, and I think I'm usually a bit late with the Americans. So sorry if you're American and your birthday card's late. Uh, it's just because they keep surprising me. You know, the days come and I think, oh, God, it's only four days to Joe Bloggs' birthday. Mm. and It'll never get there. Um, well, it's the predictability of it, isn't it? It's the fact that you know months in advance when they're going to be, that that's what surprises you. Yes. 
Yes, exactly the same. We're all the same. We're all the same. Uh, we all do it. Yeah. Well, you know, but but you know it happens, and and people are very gro- groovy about it. Uh, they they're usually chuffed, even if they arrive late. But they arrived at all, you know. Um, maybe it's like a little, a little miniature shadow of a birthday that you get, you know, when when one arrives three weeks later, and you just go, oh, I've just got another little, just a slight waif, wafer of a of a birthday glow. <laughs> it's like when you so over Christmas, what tends to happen is you'll go and visit family, and you'll go somewhere, and there'll be one extra present. Yes, that exactly. you get like two days later, mm. and, and nobody oh, else has got one. And yeah, and you're so glad you didn't get that on Christmas yes. Day because otherwise, yes, when you get when you open your chocolate pipe and your chocolate cigar pack, exactly on the twenty seventh, exactly, you're really mon- special. You're a packet of mon cheries. Yes, Although, I do. Like, I like Although- a mon <laughs> <laughs> Do you see? You don't see them so no. much, do you? No. They gone. No. See, I'm in your seven. I just climbed into your seventies bubble 70s, there yeah. for a minute. I mean, you had a passenger. The thing is, I was born in seventy one. I when the, when the seventies ended, I was nine. I don't know how I'm still operating still in that period because I, I I barely remembered it when I was in it. <laughs> it's just all those things that come rushing back. I think because it was so many Christmases on the spin. So like those packs of. Terry's, what are those jellied fruit things that were half lemon and half orange? Oh, God, yeah. I distinctly remember them, but I don't know why. I don't wow. think I've ever been bought a pack, but they always just seem to be around. Oh, Sugar you and almonds. I, you and our Sue would just disappear into some kind of... I got on very well with Sue. Heavenly place, because she remembers everything. Mm. Right right back to the moment of her birth, she can tell you all about it at length. And for me, it's all just a cloud. And I go, what, really? Oh, oh hang on a minute. Yeah, I remember that. But she can pinpoint every all of, all the people who used to live next door to us, you know, the people who live next door to them. And she knows how many children they had. And she knows what the names of them all and everything that I've forgotten. She can pull those. Yeah, yeah, you and I would just be in heaven for mm. weeks on end, mm. rapping about chocolate pipes and fried I think, Turkish I think your Sue needs to come round over Christmas or I need to go to hers because these are perfect Christmas and New Year. Co- that, that You can while away a morning doing that, can't you? Mm. Mm. you know. Oh, I did buy a bottle of Harvey's Bristol Cream because that's the, that's the law. So we had one of them. We had a glass of that at Christmas morning. And I got given a lot of gin for Christmas, which uh, I consumed quite a lot of it last night, mm. actually, which is why I'm a bit sleepy today. Um, I think you've done really well. I might have a day off today and just just have port. <laughs> <laughs> I do like a port. Do you like a port a bit still? I was quoting Marillion's previous singer there because the boys told me that Fish once proudly announced he'd given up drinking and was only was only having port. Um, so that made everybody chuckle. <laughs> Ooh, you could do a lot of damage for a day on the port. <laughs> well, he could. <laughs> Well, should we round out the year by by gently ribbing the old singer? <laughs> well, you know, it was all said with love. Yeah, lots of love from uh, from a man uh, throwing stones from his own greenhouse. I think um, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll see you next year then. <laughs> all righty, oh, bloody hell! For and it'll have a zero in it, and we'll need a guest. Well. Well, I mean, technically, might. yes, but um, we, we've had lots of guests recently. We have. Well, maybe I could persuade Lynetta to join us again because she felt, she felt a bit disappointed with herself because she said, oh, I wish I could do it again. Now, now I kind of feel I know what I'm doing. So maybe she could come on again. Yeah, of course she can. She's and, welcome anytime. Uh, Everybody she, loved her. Well, you, she didn't feel that she'd said much about herself, so she probably would like to come on and... Say a bit more, reveal a bit more of herself, and I'm always up for that. Mm. Yes, uh, personally, but there we are. Just getting her to do it is a tricky bit. I'm going to leave your family life <laughs> well alone. <laughs> <laughs>
I think you stand far more chance with your descaler if you want my honest opinion. <laughs> Poor woman. Poor woman. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, if staying in bed till midday is not a cry for help, then I don't know what is. No, no, she just waits till I've, you know, either left the house or come upstairs. I think that's what it is. So she doesn't <laughs> accidentally bump into you? <laughs> I'll only ask her for stuff. Right. right. <laughs> Here, have a cup of scaler and think yourself happy. Yeah, where, where have I put my phone? Where have, where have <laughs> me, I've lost my scarf. Where's my gloves? That kind of thing. That kind Has of anybody thing. seen? Uh, 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 where does all that money? <sighs> I think I lost a scarf over the festive. I lost one of my favourite scarves. That's slightly regrettable. Man, it might turn up. I think you should go downstairs. I think you should sit and put the telly on and sit in front of something like I don't know, The Great Escape, or. Oh, we watched The Magnificent Seven. There you are, you see? That was a Christmas thing, wasn't it? That... <laughs> oh, yes, that, there's your Christmas There's your Christmas rom-com. <laughs> we... <laughs> that wasn't much of a rom-com, really. <laughs> Not really. Although he does he does get the little Mexican woman at the end. The, the, the young one sort of stays behind at the end, doesn't he? With a pretty Mexican girl, and who wouldn't? Um, but... Um, yeah, the what came out of the Magnificent Seven and pick folks, if you're ever inclined to put it on, is Yul Brynner's ridiculous self-conscious walk. He walks like I don't know. He walks like someone who's really self-consciously trying to look heroic, and it's ridiculous. So, next time you watch Magnificent Seven, look out for Yul Brynner's ridiculous walk. Right. That'll take us into the new year. (laughs) And as for the great escape, um, and what do those have in common, you might ask, and the the answer is Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. Um, And looking at Steve McQueen in The Magnificent Seven, I think he became more handsome as he got older. Mm. When he was younger, he was a bit, you know, I don't know, face like a sprout. Uh, but when he got older, you know, I don't know. I, I don't have so in my mind. There was a little thing floating around on Facebook just just a couple of days before Christmas about changing one word or changing one letter or what have you in a Marillion song to make it festive. <laughs> and I went with Sprout of This World. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, some quite, I'll have to get that list together. Some quite good ones on there. No one candle I quite liked. No. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I'll pull the list together for that a future run episode. And run. Yeah, that's that's cracking. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally Facebook's good for some things and that was that was a moment of genius. <laughs> that was right, I'll see you next year. All right then. Well, have a good twenty twenty three. Uh until I see you again. Which probably won't be very long. Won't be about three or four days. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Hope you had a good Christmas. Hope 2023 is kind to you all. Thanks for all the love 
in 2022. Happy New 2023, everybody. Love back. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.